Welcome to the Fast Host Proactive Podcast, Spill the IT. Each episode, we'll sit down with some of the amazing proactive team and chat through their experiences of the ups and downs of IT infrastructure management in small businesses. There's always plenty to chat about. Welcome back, everybody, to the Fast Host Proactive Podcast. My name's Graham, uh, and I'm going to be your host again for today, for this week's podcast. Uh, today, I have with me Mark O'Hare, uh, hi. Who, hi, who's the lead architect here at Fastos Proactive. Uh, good morning, Mark. Morning. Uh, like Terry last week, uh, do I assume this is your first ever podcast? Or it do, or do it you is. Have history doing it no, the... no, this is my first podcast. Yeah. Fantastic. All right. Well, we might get you hooked on it. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Um, but uh, you're going to do a far better job of telling everybody who's listening on this particular podcast who you are, a bit about yourself and your background. Why don't okay. you share a little bit of that? Try, try, try to keep it to a minute or so. Uh, okay, <laughs> okay. I'll try and keep it short. Um, so uh, I'm the lead architect in, uh, for Fastos uh, Development, and I sort of work within the development department. I kind of provide guidance on the overall sort of application architectures that we have. So I'm kind of a champion for sort of non-functional requirements, sort of where we try to make sure that the applications that we build are built to like a, you know, a good standard, so they're very maintainable, they have good operations, that kind of thing. So that, that, that's what I do. I've been uh, with Fastos for nearly 10 years, so in November it will be 10 years. Fantastic. I'm sure yeah. you've got some great war stories to, to share. We may hear some of those a little bit later. Yeah. Um, <laughs> with me today also as well, I have Simon Yeoman, who's the CEO here at Fastos and Fastos Proactive. Good morning, Simon. Morning. Yeah, Great welcome. To be here. Yeah, welcome. Welcome to your first podcast with us. Thank you. Um, and also, I have Terry Herkham, who's head of systems engineering. Morning, Hi. Terry. Good morning. Nice to meet you. Yeah, nice to meet you too. So, what are we going to talk about this week? I hear you say. Uh, well, today we're going to talk about migration. Um, and a subject I know that everybody worries about. But Mark is here today to share some of those war stories that we just spoke about um, and what to look out for when considering implementation um, and implementation of a migration of applications and data into the cloud. So Mark, um, take us through the list. What's the number one concern when starting a migration project? Um, well, I mean, obviously people are looking for success out of a migration. So the important thing is to be clear about what it is you're looking to achieve when you're migrating. So obviously a business is going to move into the cloud. They're looking to solve some kind of problem or, you know, some, they're trying to make some improvements in making that uh, migration. So, you know, you want to be clear about whether it's sort of you're looking for operational considerations, say like you want, you've got 24-7 that, you, you know, you can't do yourself and you're looking to try and get that or you want more resilience in the applications you're building or capacity. But the important thing is to try and keep that migration as simple as you can. You know, don't try and change everything about, uh, your, you know, your existing systems when you make that migration. So, yeah, that's pretty much what I would say. Is the major concern. So, yeah. so, so let me just ask you a question a bit. It does complexity, mm. does complexity of migration really sort of get in the way? So do people not, do people walk away from it or they, they stand off from it and they go, actually, no, we're going to leave it for another year because we know it's really complicated. So that simplicity you talk about, mm. is that something you really have to assure people about? Uh, yeah, well, the, the thing to do is be methodical in the way that you approach sort of a problem. So, you know, you, you, you know, we have uh, methodologies that we follow 
when, when we uh, you know do work and approach sort of the way that we look at an application and that is what you would apply when you were looking at sort of uh, you know like the requirements for what a customer application needs and how that is going to migrate into the to the cloud you know so you know you follow you don't try and miss out any of those steps uh, and, and you know you go through it sort of in a logical kind of way sort of and that will help <laughs> <laughs> Simon obviously you've been here from the very beginning um, and my migration has become a very hot topic what do you see as the sort of number one consideration um, so we've done many uh, migrations uh, in various platforms that's, that's, that's what we do here we, we sort of manage various uh, platforms on behalf of our, our, our clients and our customers uh, for Fastos we have a variety of clients with a variety of needs and often the, the difficult bit for us is, is balancing those different needs some people might be very big in North America and others might be very big in, in Asia and sometimes that that managing customers with very different needs can be very difficult so I think the thing to bear in mind is, is understand the, the situation, take all the complexity out of the situation wherever possible yeah. and make the transition um, as soon as possible. I think sometimes the uh, Mark referred to the, it, it's very good to be clear on the benefits and sometimes those benefits aren't always clear and, mm -hmm. and it might not always be your core competency. So if, uh, cons consolidation sometimes it depends on the nature of the business can get in the way of your your core thing that you you don't want to build the business or, or grow the business and therefore the 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 premise that, that mark used of making it as uncluttered and uncomplex un as possible it, it, it is a, something that we should all um, think about um, we have got a lot of experience in it and and so um, and we've also sort of got a lot of learnings in it as well yeah, it, it's, sure. it's never always straightforward uh, and therefore I would uh, would always encourage everybody to make sure they've got a very thorough plan uh, yeah. and and that plan needs to be thought out through multiple stakeholders with multiple perspectives there's, there's often a very sort of technical view mm -hmm. of this and we need to move to this type of platform with this type of setup and then we'll you know, the, you've got the customer perspective. If you've got an end client or an end end customer, you know what's their perspective of, of this move, and then there'll be uh, a CFO will be worried about the speed of the migration and and realizing the benefits as soon as possible. And it's around getting the right balance of all of us. Yeah, things. I understand. I understand. And as you rightfully said, everyone you talk to yeah. is almost different. Every yep. migration is different. So if we move on, if we talk about cloud platform assessment. Um, who's in charge of that? Do you, do you go in there? Is that what your job is as, as a business, assessing that cloud platform? Or is it in combination with the client as well? Because obviously they come at it with a lot of information and a lot of knowledge. How does that work? Um, well, in, in terms of, I mean, obviously the, we, we have access to uh, sort of cloud infrastructure that we run sort of ourselves as well. But it depends on what the client is actually looking for you know if they were looking for hybrid cloud they might need sort of uh, a, you know a, an additional cloud provider sort of in there as well but I mean I think the important thing is when they're looking at when you're gonna assess which platform you want to go for you have to look at your own skill set and then um, you know you need to pick an organization that's that's uh, that's going to help you like fill those gaps that mm. you you know that you you don't have so you're probably coming to an organization 
um, because you don't have all the all the skills for you know going into the cloud yourself, mm. and therefore you're looking to f fill that gap. And you, so when you're looking at different providers and assessing them, mm. you want to make sure that they're at the right kind of level that they're mm. going to be able to work with you mm. as an organization and how well. easy how easy is that i mean when you're talking to clients and you're saying well actually you've got to, you've got to push them down a certain track because you see what's the right thing for them mm. is that pretty easy with customers or uh, do you get a bit of resistance there how how, how difficult is that? a lot of it comes you know a lot of the skill and expertise is in that discovery phase and it's really important mm. uh, successful migration is dependent on a, on a good discovery phase and, and in Fastos Proactive, we've got some really good pre-sales engineers, and often, depending on the complexity of a solution, they'll be able to sort of go through a discovery phase. It's really important that we get the right input from the client, and that might be different perspectives from the, from the client. But also, depend if it's very complex, our pre-sales will, will come and involve people like Mark or, or Terry, yeah. and that they'll yeah. be help us out with that. And, and we we run a wide range of migrations, and, and we are able to sort of pull in that resource. But it's really important that we get the right information from the client in that discovery phase to make the ultimate migration successful. Yeah, I'll bring in Terry on that one then. So Terry, what do you see in that whole process of, of uh, you know, that platform assessment and getting involved in that implementation? Where are the complexities from your side? Um, I mean, we I, I talk from a slightly different perspective. I mean, we've done many migrations of internal workloads. And um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of time spent in individually with each tenant kind of looking at their use cases. Every tenant uses the platform slightly differently. Mm. Um, you know, there are complexities in, in the kind of network connectivities some of these tenants need, um, the types of applications they're running. You know, my, my expertise is around the Kubernetes area. Yeah. Um, and we like to look at well, how can we make that process easier for that, for that tenant. Um, Kubernetes has an operator framework. So if you need to deploy, I don't know, maybe a Redis cluster, um, we can look at operators to put into the clusters to, to help uh, tenants spin up the, the Redis cluster without really needing to know Redis inside out. Yeah, yeah interesting, actually, because um, I, we've got you on a separate podcast to talk about Kubernetes. But um, there was a stat I saw here, and it says 65% of businesses say that they operate in a multi-cloud environment. How does this affect migration? Um, it was the question. So is multi-cloud bringing a level of complexity? Do Kubernetes come into that at all? I don't know. Is, is, that, is that adding another sort of realm of complexity with that migration? Because you have so many other things to interact with and take into consideration. I mean, one of the nice things about Kubernetes is it, it allows it allows you to describe your entire like suite of components that work work together. And so, for instance, we use it quite heavily internally where we need to make applications geo redundant, like either have to operate in multiple sort of data centers around the world and that, that allows us to describe something a whole set of different things once and then be able to redeploy those into other data centers you know rather than all that being handcrafted sort of it, it, it so it kind of makes uh, all of that work that you've put into building this set of uh, components that work together for your application sort of uh, transportable quite easily into other scenarios and and that's where the benefit that people find um, sort of with multi-cloud they can describe that set of applications if they can provide a, another provider that that has also Kubernetes mm -hmm. then they can redefine describe that application into that space 
I think you know some of the other complexity, of course, when you're mm -hmm. talking about hybrid cloud from the customer's perspective, is managing uh, the infrastructure in each individual cloud. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, there are you know management interfaces that, that you could use for this, which essentially are just um, integrated with the APIs of, of the public cloud providers. So I think there's some consideration there in how, how the customer wants to manage um, instances, be that VM instances, container instances across multiple clouds. There are products out there, um, such as CloudVault, Scalar, RightScale, um, and they're designed to do just that kind of thing. Um, and of course, some of, the, some of the public cloud offerings can give you multi-cloud management interfaces straight out of the box. Mm. So a subject, would you say, is becoming more and more important to, as, as part of that initial implementation to reassure customers there's not a problem with multi-cloud or their reason for going multi-cloud? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so let's talk about security then, because obviously you understand the security of your processes and mm -hmm. setups yourselves. Um, what gets in the way in migration with security? And we talk about multi-cloud, is that getting in the way with other providers and not being, and you having to assure customers about that? Um, does that stop people or do pe are people fearful in that migration process with obviously the protocols around security? I think in a lot of cases, you know, if, if you're talking about some, a tenant that's moving from on-prem um, to, to public cloud and hybrid cloud, um, network infrastructure looks very, very different in the cloud. You know, obviously a lot of the cloud players have big, robust um, security services, but there's a learning curve there, and it's not what your traditional network engineer perhaps is used to. Mm. So I think, yeah, there's, there's, there's some skilling up to do before you can even press the button on, on those kind of things. Mm. Mark, what do um, you see? Um, I think yeah, often, you know, what's needed sort of is, like, a, like I said, a methodical approach to the way you're going to look deal with security sort of in the cloud as well. And we use a technique called threat modeling, right, mm -hmm. where you look at a system, you identify all the kind of uh, boundaries where you have different respons responsibilities and levels of authentication uh, around that system. And then you try and analyze it in a logical way. So you look for sort of techniques like for where people might be trying to spoof or they tamper with information or they're trying to give you a denial of service. And what you do is you look to make sure you put all the right kind of mitigations sort of in place. So, you know, it's it, it's like with anything, as long as you spend the time to kind of analyze things properly, you have a methodical way that you run through it, you can end up work operating in the cloud and being secure. But if you just bung things up in the cloud, it's obviously from on-prem, as Terry rightly says, you know, the networking situation is very different when things are public. You know, you yeah, need to sure. make sure, you yeah. know, you've put like, those right layers of protection in there so uh, yeah definitely it's um, it's an important one and people need to sort of consider that when they're migrating and, and come over to you simon it, it, do you see it from your perspective is this going to get harder easier where, where, where do we think the subject of security is in migration i think it's increasingly complex and um clients potential clients are increasingly conscious of it so it becomes mm. more and more important and that's you know that's where we can lend our expertise you mm. know um, Terry and, and Mark are lending their expertise to this podcast, but you know that's something that we do for our clients on a regular basis. We've got yeah, sort of sure. 20, 25 years this year of, yeah. of experience in this area, uh, and it's something that um, our clients are increasingly conscious of. Yeah. And it, 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 it's a complex world now. Yeah, it's a big subject. <laughs> and therefore, um, we can provide some reassurance in that area, and it's something that's very important to, to clients, and we, we need to make sure that we're covering it off for them. 
Yeah, good. Um, so uh, one of the things I wanted to ask is, so what are some of the applications uh, or some of the software that tends to play up in migration? Where, where, have you got a sort of a top 10 and things that you go, actually, before we do this, let's check this, 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 and this. Where, 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 what needs to be looked out for? Yeah, I mean, the thing is, it, you look for like sort of the complex areas in the system that you've migrated. So for instance, you might have uh, some components that require very high performance, and they might be quite distributed. So that obviously creates quite a challenge because you might have latency uh, concerns between components. You might have a system that has a lot of different kind of roles and privileges of the kinds of people that, that are going to use that system, and you need to make sure that you haven't broken any of that kind of uh, permission system when you migrate it. So it could be that you're handling very sensitive information, you know, and you definitely can't be having any form of sort of leakage of that information mm. out so you know there's many different factors that you would you know work down but uh, you know it's often like the complex areas uh, you know of the system you know, whether it's performance or you know complex security requirements those kind of things mm. um, and what about budget um, is in general with customers do you feel that they put us uh, enough budget or a suitable amount of budget in relation to the subject of migration do they really get that um, or do you get caught out time and time again because there's so much work that sort of goes into it I think it varies by client and, and often um, you know a lot of these topics are fairly new and in mm -hmm. the clients where we um, uh, they're more traditional more, more experienced um, uh, clients with more experienced decision makers and, and maybe not as sort of IT aware IT conscious that there's a certain amount of education that we need to help our point of contact in the organization with um, but it, it varies by client I think some some of our clients are very conscious of it and, and very um, switched on to it Others that are not as IT savvy, there's some education that needs to be had, and we can help with that. But I think it does vary by client, and probably varies by industry as well. Hmm. You know, depending. You know, we work with a lot of sort of software companies, and they tend to be very savvy in this area. When we work with somebody from a more traditional vertical, then there's a bit more education that needs to take place. Yeah, fascinating. So, Mark, what have I missed? Is there anything anything else we need to be talking? about this morning in relation to migration? Um, no, I, I, obviously when you actually go through the migration, it is really important that you get like a clear plan of that migration yeah. as well. So you kind of uh, have worked through all this, the steps that are gonna happen. Because obviously by by its nature, the mi a migration involves at one point, your existing system is gonna of get course. switched off and you're gonna move over to a new system. So you need to put all the right steps in place to make sure you're, you're really confident with like the, the new system that is gonna be you know, switched on. You do all your right kind of due diligence beforehand, before switching over, moving IPs, domains, all that kind mm -hmm. of thing over. And that's all agreed and understood and you work through that schedule. You know, in a methodical manner. And I think, sorry to just interject there, but I think also having a backout plan as well, right? Because not all, you know, 100% of the time, 
things don't always go 100% yeah. right. Yeah. So um, being able to switch it back quickly if, you, if you've you know picked up on a, a critical issue is also key. Mm. Um, and just touching on the security front again, I mean, we could do many podcasts just on the security subject alone. You know, migration is only the start of that journey. It is a constant mm. cat and mouse battle mm, um, sure. with the bad actors. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and, and for us, a lot of that internally comes down to, you know, process, procedure, and also regular auditing. Yep. Um, how many times can you tell the story of PI data going in a bucket that was once secure that suddenly miraculously has become publicly accessible? So, um, yeah, regular auditing, try and keep, keep on top of things and, and, and pick up issues early. Yeah, fascinating. Well, it certainly sounds like you guys have got all the experience and all the knowledge, and it's been great for you to hop on today. Mark, thank you for your time. Terry, thanks for being here, and yourself as well, Simon. Um, and for everybody out there, uh, keep listening, and we will be back very soon. Thank Have you. a good week. Okay. Goodbye. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. You can subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcast, or visit proactive.fasthost.co.uk for more info. See you next time.